You're listening to the West Side Podcast, a part of the L.A. International Church of Christ Family of Churches, worshiping God in L.A. since 1989. What up, church? My name is Hanley Eugene, and I'm a part of the Amazing Singles Ministry here at the church. I do want to say it's an honor to speak to you all today. I have to say from the first time I came through the back doors into this congregation, I have felt nothing but love, warmth, and fellowship. Today we're going to be speaking on loving one another. I do want to commend the West Side Church because the West Side Church is a place where I feel, and I'm sure a lot of y'all feel, love. We truly do love one another here. Going to be speaking about loving one another, but before we do, let's jump into a prayer. Father God, we thank you for this time to come together as family. Lord, we pray that you remove any distractions, any worries, allow us to leave that at the front door, God, and help us to be here, present. Father, I pray that you remove me, give us all clarity, God, give me clarity to speak, knowing that it's it's not me speaking, God, but, but you and your word, God. I pray that your word speaks to all of us. We love you. In name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our lesson today is on loving one another. Loving one another. In John 13, 34 through 35, it says, A new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you. So you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciple if you love one another. Today's message is on loving one another, but I want to focus first on the as I have loved you part. Love one another as I have loved you. You know, it's hard. My bad. It's hard to give love. If you aren't loved. Amen. 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 You know, I want to start off this sermon by telling you that God loves you. Tell yourself that God loves me. Tell your neighbor, God loves you. You know, I don't think we tell ourselves that enough. I don't think we believe that enough. Jesus loves you. The creator of the universe loves you. You know, Jesus came here, lived a sinless life, died, resurrected, went to heaven. But while Jesus traversed this earth, he could care less about what anybody thought. Jesus looked at religious leaders and called them snakes, children of snakes, brood of vipers. Jesus went to the home of sinners, tax collectors, and religious people looked at him and were like, Jesus, what are you doing? But Jesus could care less. Jesus told Pilate, a man with earthly power, that he had no power. And he could care less about his power and his authority. Jesus didn't care what women and men thought of him. You know why? It's because Jesus knew someone more important. Amen? Jesus was approved by God. When we know God approves of us, It makes the opinions of others way less 
significant. Our identity is found in Christ. You know who you are because Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you. You know, one of the things that somewhat annoys me about L.A., aside from traffic, smog, trash, prices, something that frustrates me about L.A. is (laughs) when I hit a, a kickback or a hang or go to an event, most people first ask you your name. And they soon forget what your name is. But the second question they ask is, so what do you do? Always. So what do you do? People try to identify you by what you do and what your achievements are. They try to identify you by your self-worth. They try to identify your self-worth by who you know, what you know, what you post, how many likes you have, who follows you. C.S. Lewis share some insight into this type of culture. He says, many are not proud of having money. They're proud of having more money than the next person. Many are not proud of being smart. They're proud of being smarter than their neighbor. It's not the fact that you can flex. It's the fact that you have to flex on them. You know, it's great to have achievements, amen. I am, I am amongst some achieving people, beautiful people. It's great to have achievements that describe you, but we know God is the one who defines you, amen. amen. We have to know who we are. Know thyself. Know that Jesus loves you. When we know God approves of us, it makes the opinions and thoughts of others way less significant. In 1 John Chapter 4, verse 19, we read, we love because he first loved us. When we fill ourselves with Christ's love, we're able to pour love into other people. When you understand God loves you, you're able to give God's love unconditionally. But you ask, what is love? What does God's love look like? First John 4, 8 says that God is love. A long, time, a long time ago, someone showed me this correlation. God is love. Love is God. God is the literal definition of love. The, the scriptures give us an actual definition of the word love. First Corinthians 13, 4 through 8 says, Love is patient. Love is kind. But if we replace the word love for God, we see that God is patient. God is kind. He is not envious. He does not boast. He is not proud. He is honorable. He is not self-seeking. He is not easily angered. He keeps no record of wrong. He rejoices in righteousness and truth. He protects, trusts, hopes, perseveres, and God never fails in love. God is love. God just doesn't love us because we deserve his love. God loves us because he is love. I want to ask you today, are you known for being a loving person? Are you patient, kind, persevering, 
not self-seeking. When people think of you, do they think of attributes of love? 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 15 says, For Christ's love compels us, because we are convinced that one died for all, and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and was raised again. Christ's love compels us. It pushes us, motivates us to love. The world needs love today, amen? People try and find love and validation and self-esteem from some of the emptiest places in this world and from some of the emptiest people. We're all guilty of seeking validation, self-esteem from places that don't fulfill. Genuine love is a foreign concept to the world these days, amen? Relationships are transactional, especially here in L.A. What can you do for me? What can I get out of this? The world is starving for the kind of love that steps out of comfort and into chaos. The world is starving for the kind of love that sees the hungry, the hurting, and doesn't turn away. The world is starving for the kind of love that is willing to get dirty, get involved, and get real. The world is hungry. Church, we are called to be ambassadors of Christ-type love. I want to ask you, who in your life right now needs love? Who's suffering in pain and in need of your love? Does Christ's love compel you? Jesus' call Jesus' call to love is both beautiful and challenging. You know, one of the greatest reasons I know the Bible is true is because you'll be hard-pressed to find words and teachings that compare to what Jesus has said. Jesus' words are controversial, countercultural. Mark 8.34 says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me in the gospel will save it. That is challenging. That is a hard teaching. Matthew 6.25, Jesus said, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about your life. I don't know if I go a day without anxiety. That's a hard teaching. Mark 10, 21, Jesus told a rich man, sell all you have and give to the poor. He was speaking to that man's heart. That is challenging. No one speaks like Jesus. Jesus' words challenge people and their lives. His call to love is both beautiful and challenging. One of the most challenging scriptures to me is found here in Luke 6, verses 32 through 35. It says, if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, 
What credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those who you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do good to them and lend to them without expecting to get back anything. Then your reward will be great. Let's be honest. This is a hard teaching. Nobody speaks like this. The world does not abide by these teachings. You know, if I were to do a general survey of this audience and ask you, do you genuinely love your enemy? (laughs) Would you genuinely give to your enemy? I'm sure I'll get some religious responses. But deep down in the core of your being, I am sure you can't stand your enemies, myself included. Those folks who oppose you politically, cancel. Many of us have frenemies, haters next door, snakes in the bushes. Many, many of us have families. Enemies within our own families, people around us, co-workers, bosses, managers. You know, honestly, it is difficult to love difficult people. However, there's a difference between loving a person and loving their ways, ambitions, desires, and ungodly traits. We're not required to love the ways of the ungodly, but we do want to see everyone saved, amen? We know if our enemies had an ounce of Jesus, what that little ounce would do. We know what the cross has done for us. Imagine what the cross can do for our enemies. Jesus says, love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting anything back. Jesus is calling us to the way that he loved. Jesus is calling us to his standard of loving others. But you ask... How in the world does anybody love an enemy? Like, let's make it make sense. I think a great posture to have is humility. A great place to start when it comes to loving anybody is humility. The homie George Meyer says, We must pray for the humility to see our own faults, because if we do, it would make it much easier to be patient with the faults of others. When we see our own faults, it brings a degree of humility into our own lives. It shows us that we're not perfect, and maybe the person we're dealing with isn't perfect, but we're all humans trying to figure it out. Matthew 7 Verses 3 through 5, I love this illustration because, for me, it's crazy visual. Jesus says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the whole speck out of your eye, when all the time there's an entire plank in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, And then you will see clearly 
to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, I love this depiction because it's like someone has a toothpick in their eye and we have a whole bat in our eye and we're swinging our bat around like nothing is wrong. How can we love someone properly if we probably or possibly have a bigger mess than they do? Sometimes we're blind to our own mess. You know, we need to spend more time on ourselves and less time judging the faults and actions of others. Mark 12, 31 says, love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as you love you. Many times the way we love ourselves is the way we love our neighbor. Some of us need to find more love for ourselves so we can in turn love our neighbors. Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. But in humility, consider others better than yourself. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. In your relationships with others, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing. By taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Jesus' mindset was selflessness. He wasn't thinking about himself. God on earth humbled himself. God on earth humbled himself. Genesis 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. God, our creator, the one who knows every hair on your head. (laughs) God humbled himself. The one who is allowing us to breathe free air, the one who gave you motor functions to come here today, see, smell, hear, God humbled himself. Verse 7 says, God made himself nothing and took on the nature of a servant. That is serious humility. Not looking to his own interests, but to the interests of others, he humbled himself. Loving others is a process of humility. You know, if God humbled himself to love others, Who are we not to? Humility brings political adversaries to the same table. Amen? Humility can stop wars internally, externally, worldwide. Humility can help us love one another. You know, I had to go through a long process of being humbled, specifically so that I could love. My earthly father's name is Antoine Eugene. It's my mom and my dad in this picture here. My mother is watching right now. 
Come on, Sherry. Um, and both my parents are Haitian immigrants, now U.S. citizens, but they, they, they were Haitian immigrants who snuck into the country, have epic stories about how they snuck into the country. They raised me, my brother, and my sister, who should be watching right now. Um, growing up in my immigrant household, my parents had really high standards, extremely high standards. I encountered a lot of tough love. Some of y'all know about that, tough love. In my immigrant household, my father could care less about what Child Protective Services considered as the proper way to raise a child. In my immigrant household, I got whoop-whooped. Some of y'all don't know about that. I, I, I got beat. I messed around and found out a lot of times. And up until the age of 18, my dad definitely let me know who the man of the house was. Growing up, I knew my dad loved me, but for years we had that I love you, but I kind of love you from a distance kind of love. My dad definitely instilled some amazing morals ethics, Christian values in me. My dad helped me become a man. But my father was strict and overbearing. My dad was not the most vulnerable person. I knew my father loved me, but my dad showed his love in the way that he provided and not in the way he connected with me emotionally. There was a heavy bitterness and resentment I held towards my dad all through my life growing up. So when I left for college, I really didn't have a relationship with my dad. And I was a very cold-hearted dude. I was full of fear. I was scared. And I was guarded. Thankfully... Getting to college at the age of 19, I was able to commit my life to God. Amen. Amen. And I got baptized. But it would take almost a decade for God to crack the exterior of my cold-hearted heart. You know, it's been said that one of the greatest regrets that people have in life is not spending enough time with family. About 12 years ago, my dad was diagnosed with cancer. And I was faced with a decision. Am I going to go through life not forgiving, bitter, resenting, or am I going to change? My dad and I needed to forgive each other. We had to have some hard conversations. And all glory be to God, after many tries, many tries, we came to a middle ground. My father had a long fight with cancer. But before he passed, I know that he knows I loved him and I know he loved me.
Jesus came here and lived a selfless life and showed us how to love. If we go to Philippians 2, verses 3 through 8, it says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. As we take communion today, let's remember how Jesus and his sacrifice was the ultimate example of loving one another. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we thank you for Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the power that came because of the cross, God. We thank you for the forgiveness of sins, Holy Spirit, the salvation, the connection with you. Lord, we pray that we can be more like your son. We pray that we can have hearts of humility to love not only you, not only a lost world, not only the people around us, but also ourselves. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You've just listened to the West Side Podcast. For more information about our ministry, please visit thewestsidechurch.com or laicc.net.